TED Audio Collective. Picture this. A group of people standing at a podium, smiling, clapping in anticipation, all dressed up, giggling to each other. And then the person in front pushes a button. The opening bell of the New York Stock Exchange. This moment means that anyone can now buy a part of their company for the first time. Winning when they win, losing when they lose. And this moment gives the company access to a bunch of cash that they can use to grow. But it also means they've entered into a world of 10Ks, 10Qs, quarterly investor meetings, having an eagle eye on their ticker symbol, tracking the day-to-day rise and fall of their stock price all processes that contribute to thinking in the short term and can put profit ahead of doing good. But today, I want to introduce you to a new kind of stock exchange, one that's trying to end this focus on short-term thinking, and not by shifting some processes, but by building a whole new system. Welcome to TED Business. I'm Madhupa Akinola. And today, we're going to hear from a woman named Michelle Green, This summer, she spoke at a virtual TED conference. At the time, she was the president of the Long-Term Stock Exchange, or LTSE. It's a stock exchange just like the New York Stock Exchange or NASDAQ, but it's structured to encourage thinking for the long term. So let's hear Michelle lay out the basics of the LTSE after a quick break. This show is brought to you by Schwab. With Schwab Investing Themes, it's easy to invest in ideas you believe in, like artificial intelligence, big data, robotic revolution, and more. Choose from over 40 themes. Buy as is or customize the stocks in a theme to fit your goals. Learn more at schwab.com slash thematic investing. Hey, TED Business listeners. We're supported by our friends at Working Smarter, a new podcast from Dropbox exploring the exciting potential of AI in the workplace. Working Smarter talks with founders, researchers, and engineers about the things they're building and the problems they're solving with the help of the latest AI tools. Tools that can save them time, improve collaboration, and create more space for the work that matters most. On Working Smarter, hear practical discussions about what AI can do so that you can work smarter too. Listen to Working Smarter on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Or visit workingsmarter.ai. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Add a little curiosity into your routine with TED Talks Daily, the podcast that brings you a new TED Talk every weekday. In less than 15 minutes a day, you'll go beyond the headlines and learn about the big ideas shaping your future. Coming up, how AI will change the way we communicate, how to be a better leader, and more. Listen to TED Talks Daily wherever you get your podcasts. 
What we're looking to do is to really change the way that companies show up in the world. And in order to make that change, we have to think about the system in which companies operate. So when the focus is on quarterly reporting, that puts a lot of pressure on companies to behave in short-term ways and to make short-term decisions. And when that happens, we all lose. And so we want to change that kind of behavior by changing the whole system. And we want to create a different kind of financial market that allows for a different kind of capitalism. Now, the reason that a stock exchange is the way to do that is really for two reasons. The first is that if you want to change the system, you have to change the rules. And that's what stock exchanges do. They make rules. They make listing standards that companies that list on the exchange have to follow. And our rules are all geared toward that long-term focus. What we're trying to do is create a place where companies can maintain their focus on their long-term mission and vision, and at the same time, be accountable for their impact on the broader world. So to make these rules, we created um, five core principles. And those core principles are really about how you can put them together to come up with a long-term system. And the core principles also have some specific requirements with them. And these requirements are very different than those of any existing exchange. So for example, companies that list with us commit to adopting publicly a policy on diversity and inclusion. And that's incredibly important in today's world, of course. Um, companies that list with us commit to investing for the long term in their employees also very important and in the current system treated as overhead rather than investment. And companies that list with us commit to taking in a certain approach to the environment. So um, there's a bunch of other standards as well, but the broader point is that these standards taken together create a different kind of commitment than companies can make now because it's a different set of rules than any stock exchange has. And that commitment is the second reason that a stock exchange is important. Um, we're in a moment where there's a real move to change capitalism. There's moves towards stakeholder capitalism, and there's a desire to really think about things differently. And it's become really difficult for a company that really means it and really intends to operate differently to distinguish itself. How can that company show that they're not just signing on to something because it's kind of the interesting thing of the day, but in fact, they intend to operate differently? And listing on a stock exchange is a legally binding commitment. It's a way to say publicly, we are not only operating this way today, but we intend to continue to operate this way. And that sends a really powerful signal. It's a powerful signal to a company's investors, to their customers, to their employees. And it's a powerful signal that those groups can then use to make decisions about what companies they want to invest in, what companies they want to buy products from, and where they want to work, because increasingly that really matters matters to people. I think we have an opportunity for a reset. We have a chance to really change our system. And if we can create a long-term focus system where companies are freed up to really make long-term choices, what those companies will end up doing is creating more long-term value. And that's good for companies, but they'll also do it in a way that's better for the rest of us. And this is the type of new system that we need. We need it because it's the right thing to do, but we also need it because it's the only way that we can create a system of capitalism that is more sustainable, more equitable, and something that will work for everybody. 
I feel optimistic. I feel optimistic that in this current moment, we can use this reset to change capitalism. And I think this is one area that we really can build back better. This show is brought to you by Schwab. With Schwab Investing Themes, it's easy to invest in ideas you believe in, like artificial intelligence, big data, robotic revolution, and more. Choose from over 40 themes. Buy as is or customize the stocks in a theme to fit your goals. Learn more at schwab.com slash thematic investing. Support for the show comes from Brooks Running. I'm so excited because I have been a runner, gosh, my entire adult life. And for as long as I can remember, I have run with Brooks running shoes. Now I'm running with a pair of Ghost 16s from Brooks. Incredibly lightweight shoes that have really soft cushioning. It feels just right when I'm hitting my running trail that's just out behind my house. You now can take your daily run in the better than ever Ghost 16. You can visit brooksrunning.com to learn more. Okay, so that was the lay of the land from Michelle. Now here's my question. How do you do that? How do you build a system that incentivizes for long-term goals? Goals that are lofty, goals that often require a lot of money and a lot of patience. In a Q&A, Michelle said their whole approach was built around one idea, principles. Yeah, so we took a principles-based approach generally because what we found was that it was really important to not try and do a one-size-fits-all. You know, long-term in a retail company might be very different than long-term in an energy company, for example, right? These principles act kind of like a moral compass, a set of values every company has to consider in order to list on the exchange. So let's say you're an oil company and you list on the LTSE. They won't dictate that you need to get to zero emissions in a particular time frame. That might never work for your company. But they will tell you to develop your own long-term policy around environmental impact. So, for example, if someone came along and said, you know, our environmental policy is to burn fossil fuels forever because we think climate change is false. Well, that's not actually a long-term environmental policy. So you may have a policy, but it doesn't actually comply with a long-term principle. So environmental impact fits under the first principle, which is all about stakeholders. So if you list on the LTSC, you have to develop a policy for how you'll invest in employees, support diversity and inclusion, and once you figure out those policies, you publish them. So your investors understand what your long-term vision is and can help you reach those goals. Got it? So the first principle, stakeholders. And now what's the second principle? Long-term decision-making. So you have to figure out what does success look like for your company in the long term? How does your company even define long term? That's an important part of kind of rewriting the narrative and getting to the point where we can be talking about success in a more meaningful way than quarterly financial results. So all of this sounds pretty good. But aren't there other ways to incentivize more long term thinking? I chatted with Corey Hagem, who's Ted's business curator, about what another exchange is doing right now. I want to contrast it with the announcement that NASDAQ made recently, where they've proposed a rule that their listed companies must have at least one woman on the board and a second member of the board who represents some other minority population. And 
I'm interested in what you think about that kind of line in the sand versus a principles-based approach. And I will add that of the 3,000 listed companies on the NASDAQ, they've estimated that it's something like three-quarters of those companies wouldn't meet that target. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so other than the fact that that's a shocking sort of fact and statistic, do you think it's better if, you know, an exchange just says, hey, here's what you need to do? You know, we want this number. Or do you think it should be up to the companies themselves to sort of set those goals for themselves? Well, I wish life was easy enough to be like, it should be either or, but don't we know that the answer is it depends? Mm -hmm. And I think for decades, we've been trying to get companies to be more environmentally friendly, to, you know, include people of color and women, and the needle hasn't moved as quickly as it can or should. And as a result, we need to do harsh, intense things that motivate that behavior. Mm-hmm. So I do think that rules, like a quota, can be helpful, especially in a context where you know that these goals have not been met. Um, But I also do think that there are other organizations and other systems where allowing people to set those rules for themselves, especially if they have shown a commitment to some of the key areas, that, that that's also helpful too. So I think context is everything. So let me explain what I mean here by context. Imagine you have two different schools. One has a really rigorous application process. You have to write a bunch of essays, you need a certain GPA, and all the students are applying because they want to be in an environment full of high achievers. That's the LTSE. So if students in this environment have the freedom to figure out what works for them, they can reach the high bar they've already set for themselves. Of course, with a little structure and accountability, though. The NASDAQ is more like a public school. You have all kinds of kids. Some want to study really hard. Some don't want to be there at all. Some would thrive with a little more support. Others would find extra support stifling. And in a place like this, requiring that everyone hit a minimum target might not help the high achievers. But it could bring up the floor for everyone, lifting the average in a meaningful way and reaching a lot more people than the selective LTSE. So what does this mean? In a selective environment, you can get away with having principles, but in a different kind of environment, you likely need rules. But is it worth the effort to build a whole new exchange, or is it better to throw our energy into improving the exchanges we already have? Like, should we just push the NASDAQ to do more of this kind of thing? Should we just lobby the NASDAQ to make more and more of these kinds of rules changes because they have the market, they have the existing companies? Or do you think to really to really get things moving, we need a whole new system? Like, when do we just change the rules and when do we change the whole system? You change the rules in the way NASDAQ has done when, after decades— And the push towards racial and gender inequity has been met with resistance and change hasn't happened. Mm -hmm. That's when you change the rules. Right. Because the old rules aren't working. They gave people freedom before. It's not working because they're underlying things that prevents it from working. So we need both. Then we need to also say, okay, well, what does it look like 
to start from scratch? What would we want from scratch to then incentivize people to engage in the behaviors we want them to? And the LTSC is starting from scratch. And so it's saying, hey, let's try out giving people freedom and the opportunity to choose for themselves. And let's see how that works. History would say it might not work. But they're saying we are going to um, select and only invite in the people that are able to do this. So when you can cherry pick, then you can rely on people doing what's right and what's aligned. When you can't necessarily cherry pick and choose who's on your exchange in some ways, then you have to institute freaking quotas. Right. One thing I also know is that we are followers, and if you see other people doing something and it's working or they're getting rewarded, then um, other people will follow on. And so we need to think about that in terms of motivation, too. Right. It's a really interesting dynamic because if we get the LTSE up and running and if it picks up and gets really popular, then the NASDAQ will probably also be more motivated to move in that direction. And maybe there's a quota around board diversity, but then maybe something else happens with executive compensation or carbon targets, um, things like that. So I feel like you're right. Whenever we want to change something huge, something like capitalism, we're going to need both the innovation and like the brand new playing field and the brand new system. And then we're also going to need people in the existing systems to push forward in whatever way they can. So look, I'm all for anything that helps organizations be more ethical. But will the LTSE disrupt at a level we need it to disrupt? That I'm not so sure about, but I really hope so. And by the way, the LTSC was approved to launch in 2019, which means they're now in conversations with companies preparing to list. And here's what I'm going to be looking for. Will large old-school firms decide to list? Because A, I think they're in the need of the most change. And B, if they move, whole industries will move with them. And another question on my mind, will the LTSE really make a difference since companies can dual list? If companies are trading their stock on both the LTSE and other exchanges, are they really free from short-term pressures? We're gonna have to wait and see. That's it for today. Our producer is Kim Naderfane Peterza. Dan DeZula is our mixer. And special thanks to Michelle Quint, Bam Bam Chang, Anna Phelan, and Colin Helms. And as always, you can email us at businessted.com to say hello, let us know what you're thinking, and tell us anything you'd like to hear on future episodes. I'm Maduba Akinola. 